Welcome to iWoofs with your hosts, Dr. Ian and Kelly Dunbar, and me, Jamie Dunbar. So, what do we have this week? This week we're going to talk about dog parks, um, what to look for in a dog park, what to avoid, some of the dangers of dog parks, bad habits that can, can occur or grow, if you will. And I thought that we would start out again with some very interesting questions. This this topic kind of came out of these these two questions. So, Jamie, what do we Jamie, got? Jamie, right away. I'll That's take it good. away. Question one. I do have a question that I hope you can help me with. I rescue abused and abandoned Great Danes, and within the past four months, I've taken in two males from different situations. One is eight months old, and the other is about a year. I'm having problems with the one-year-old Loki playing too rough with other dogs. It seems that when the other dogs get annoyed with the rough play and try to defend themselves, Loki gets angry. For example, he was great friends with a husky for months, and one day he witnessed the husky, quote, picking on a scared little beagle. Loki ran to the beagle's aid and chased Leo off. After that, every time him and Leo would begin to play, Loki would grab Leo's scruff of his neck and shake him. It caused poor Leo to avoid him forever. But this is the part I don't understand. It was not a vicious teeth-chomped type of bite, and the shake was not a hard or stiff shaking. There were no puncture wounds or cuts. As gentle as it looked, I don't like him doing it and cannot seem to break him of it. It scares other dog owners, and I don't blame them one bit. Hope you can help me out. So before you answer, Ian, let's, let's just go right into our second question. They kind of have similar themes and, and certainly um, cover things that could happen at a dog park. But I, I'm dying to go. I'm dying you to wait. go. <laughs> More questions. Just contain yourself for question two. I'm hoping you can give me some advice on a problem that I am experiencing with my dog, Mickey. She is a three-year-old rescue dog that we adopted approximately ten months ago from the RSPCA. She's a greyhound cross and is truly the most wonderful, loyal, affectionate, and friendly dog, but she is showing some really distressing aggression towards small dogs. The problem is chipping away at my confidence in taking her to the the off-leash park, even though I know this will make things worse. She's really strong, and I can't get her off the other dog, so now I only walk her with my partner, and when he can't come along, I struggle to go because I am afraid. The first incident happened when my partner was walking her on a lead near our home, and he was carrying food. A man crossed the street with a small dog in his arms, and she grabbed it from him and shook it. Oh, my goodness. This was when we went to the vet and consulted a trainer. The next time was at the park when she saw a dog from our street, and she attacked it as, as it walked past. It was screaming and gasping for air. There have been other incidents with small dogs in our street, but she loves the two big dogs next door and will rush to greet them with big tail wags. I can't work out what her triggers are and cannot predict when things will be fine, as she has had heaps of encounters with small dogs and even plays with a small toy poodle with no problems, although I am not comfortable with that anymore. Another incident happened when she was with about six dogs grouped around a lady in a wheelchair, and there was a small dog that was standing next to her, and they had been fine for about half an hour, and then all of a sudden she launched into a frenzy, biting and thrashing him sideways. This is terrifying, and I have lost so much confidence with her. Our relationship is suffering as I don't play at the park with her anymore because I'm always watching out for small dogs. I'm sorry to write such a long email. I'm just so distressed by all of this. She is such a beautiful dog, and there is nothing I enjoy more than watching her have a great great game with another dog. We used to spend hours at the park with heaps and heaps and heaps of dogs, and she played so well, but now I am too frightened to take her to the play area. I just walk her off leash and call her back to practice training, whenever there is a small dog around. 
I can't afford to go to the veterinary behaviorist and I'm struggling to know where to turn. I would be grateful if you could suggest anything that I could do. I'm trying clicker training and trying to tag good behavior when meeting dogs, and we praise her every time she meets another dog she doesn't know. I just really want to stop this problem so we can enjoy our walks and she can play without without me being such a nervous wreck. All right. Wow. Um, That's really an emotional a lot. question. Yes. The second one especially. Um, let, let, me, let me go to the first, though. I've got to keep it all, all in my brain. The first one... Um, because I think we can dispense with it much um, much quicker um, with uh, Loki, Great Dane, who's playing too roughly with the um, Siberian Husky, right? And th- th- always when you are afraid that aggression is involved, th- th- the nitty-gritty is, did the dog cause any harm? And it appears here, you know, no. The, the Great Dane, Loki, is not causing any harm whatsoever. However, the behavior is still a little frightening um, for, for the owner. So here, prognosis is, is really good. It's really cool. Um, the dog is fine. The dog is being very, very appropriate in dog-dog terms. Um, we're jaw wrestling, we're scruff grabbing, we're shaking and doing all the stuff that dogs do, and we're not causing any harm. And, and this is absolutely the nitty-gritty. So um, what we can do is really quite simple. Um, we give Loki a running commentary, and we say, that's cool, Loki, you're being good. There's a good dog, good boy. Hey, no, no you stop it. Don't do that. And we just let the dog know when the play is appropriate for us. Can I interrupt? And when the play is inappropriate. You, you always do. Well, why, why should it now be different? Well, <laughs> you say you know, that he's playing appropriately, but I would argue that he's not playing appropriately. I mean, grabbing a scruff is, is as you say, a normal thing. But if it caused the husky to avoid him forever, then I would say it was over the top. Or perhaps that the husky is an overly sensitive dog. But you know, that indicates to me that, especially with the size like of, of a Great Dane... You know, uh, let, let me rephrase the words then. Like Let's normal. just say this is not dangerous. Um, now, if the husky um, decided I'm never going to be friends forever, then obviously it's no problem because the interaction won't happen again. But what we have here is an interaction which is non-dangerous. Loki is not dangerous. But Loki is doing stuff which the owner finds inappropriate and other owners and maybe other dogs find inappropriate. So we have to give our dog a running commentary that you don't go to a dog park and frighten other dogs. I mean, just walking in, you're a Great Dane, for heaven's sake. You're massive. It's like someone bringing a horse or a zebra to a dog park. So, But the luxury is that Loki's owner has is, I am convinced this is not dangerous. So we can now give Loki the running commentary and say, that's good, Loki, you're playing well now. Yes, no, 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 no. You stop that. That's frightening the other dog. Now you stop it. Don't be a bully. So keeping it from good escalating boy. in the first place is a Absolutely. Big part of it. Just, and, and this is where I, I find a lot of times owners' brains fuse. When a, a dog acts in, in a way like he growls another dog or he bumps into it, they say, well, what can I do? Oh, I, I don't like that. I, I need to go to a behavior consultant. You don't. Just tell the dog, quit it. it. It's inappropriate. You bumped another dog and it squeaked. I mean, it doesn't take the brain of Einstein to work that out. Tell the dog, now, now quit that. Calm down. Get a grip. And if the dog ignores you? 
the oh. dog continues. And then I would run over, put him on leash, we go home. Because obviously the dog doesn't have sufficient training to be off leash, even though it isn't a dog park. So is that a training now, moment or is that a management moment? When you say go home, you mean never bring the dog oh, back no, no, no. to the park? I, I, we, we need to, if, if you tell the dog slow down and he doesn't slow down or stop bullying and he doesn't stop bullying, you're out of control. And you will soon be the leper of the dog park. It'll be such a social stigma. People will hate you and, and you will not be welcome. So immediately I would say to the dog, no, that's inappropriate behavior. We're going home. But what I would do is extra off-leash work in the kitchen, in the living room, in your garden, in your garden with one other dog there, another person's yard with another dog. And to build up the off-leash control, because the easiest way I know to calm a dog down when things are approaching over the top is you say, Rover, sit. Thank you. Now, now get a grip. All right. So the question is, will the dog sit? And, and it's the same with children, you know, it's, a group of children are together. The play will go over the top until one child bullies another and the child ends up crying. So you've always got to pace the play session the same way that dogs would too. A well-socialized dog group would stop playing every couple of minutes. One dog would say, hey, it's too much, I'm sitting down. And as soon as he sits, all the other dogs would go, oh, this dog's, you know, it's too much for him. We all cool down. And then the play session doesn't start again until they've all signaled to each other, we're just playing, we're just playing, we're going to have a good time, okay? So, no, she does need off-leash control over the dog. You can't take a dog to a dog park that's totally out of control. Just running around. He could blap into other dogs and send them flying. So you have to be able to control the dog, and if, if the dog says, I'm not listening to you, then, well plays over for today and we do more training before we come back so isn't this a case or wouldn't you say maybe in general that just training interludes in general that a park shouldn't be a willy-nilly craze fest for an hour at a time you're absolutely right i i would run it that um i love shooting at, at ranges and every so often someone will put their hands up and everyone has to unload the firearms and put them on the table it's time out. And what it means is someone's <laughs> going to walk down range. I think they should do this at dog parks. I think at dog parks, if any one person holds up a flag and they say, now everyone has to calm their dogs down for a minute. And I think what they would end up with are dogs which are much more focused on the owners, knowing that periodically they have to calm down. And the reward, of course, for calming down and stopping playing is the owners all say, go play again. Because what most people do, they come to a park, the dog drags them in, they let the dog off leash and give the dog this enormous reward for acting like a, a social loon, pulling on leash, doing moon loops and everything. And instead, we want to use the off-leash play as a continual repetitive reward for good behavior. So, no, I, I would say this is a lot of dog park culture. And, and when... Years ago, the Berkeley Dog Park started. This was the Ohlone Dog Park, the very first dog park in the world. Um, I gave a number of workshops there um, where we talk dog park etiquette and, and how you train in the dog park. And periodically you grab your dog, have him lie down, tell him go play again. What to do if dogs fight? You all form a circle around them shouting, sit, 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 sit. And for that, for the dogs, it's spooky. They think, whoa, 30 people are telling us to sit. And they stop fighting just because of verbal feedback from the people. But the circle then stops other dogs coming in. So I think we need a lot more dog park culture so that everyone there is helping everybody out 
to get a better trained dog and a, and a better socialized dog. Sorry. However, the, the, the next dog, um, the, the rescue greyhound, uh, this is giving me a few concerns. I don't like the going after the little dog and shaking it. it it's, uh, it's conjuring up a different picture in my mind, and I desperately want to ask this owner what happened to the little dog. Did it go to the vet clinic, yes or no? Well, it's been more than one dog, and she never mentions that um, anyone's gone to the hospital. So it's, you can hope... I, I'm hoping here, but we, we are definitely on the, the borderline where I'm going to say, hey, look, you know what? When they race greyhounds, which is probably what your well, dog this did. this is greyhound. Um, it's greyhound cross. rescue? Cross. Yeah, cross. Then he probably wasn't raced. But with greyhounds, um, so many of them are raced muzzled and mm -hmm. for really good reason. And well, they hunt small critters. They're they hunt hounds. small critters, and they, they run after them, they grab them, and they shake but them. But these are critters that aren't moving. The one in the arms is particularly scary. It, it, it is. I say I'm on the borderline here. I'm not convinced yet because I don't know what any of the dogs injured. And if they weren't, if you have a greyhound cross, big dog, going up after a little dog and grabbing it and shaking it, if the greyhound was serious, then the little dog would be severely injured, if not dead. But we haven't heard this in the lengthy email, but we have heard that it's a very lovely dog and we love it. So I'm suspecting, I don't think severe damage was done, but we're really on the edge. And, and the very first instance I hear that a larger dog has run after a smaller dog, grabbed it and shook it. Specifically targeted a smaller targeted, dog yeah. repeatedly. I mean, you know, then from now on, it's muzzle. We're muzzled on leash and we can still have a good time on walks in dog parks, as I said, most greyhounds are muzzled when they race them. But this would give her more and, confidence because she's this, saying she's so sad oh, she can't play with her yeah. dog at and the, the park. Well, this is the sad thing, you see, that happens when the first real serious dog fight that dogs get into, owners of big dogs and little dogs just freak out. And, and for good reason. The owner of the little dog thinks, my dog could die in this. And the owner of the big dog thinks, oh, please don't harm the other dogs. I mean, they're justifiable concerns, but it means off-leash socialization stops. And that's what's happened here. And as soon as off-leash socialization stops, then your dog is desocializing. Well, she alludes to that. He's she getting, knows it's not yeah. the right thing, but she doesn't yeah. know what else to do. So that's the beauty of the muzzle. You put the muzzle on, and yes, your dog can still run after body slam and muzzle punch, but what he can't do is he can't bite and he can't shake. And this gives the owner then lots of confidence where they can now go out and say, right, I'm going to give representative feedback that I love my dog. And every five seconds, I'm going to ask myself the question, is she good or bad? And if she's good, I'm going to say, good girl. There's a good girl. Good girl. We've got to get representative feedback here. So the dog knows being off leash and being good is cool. I want the dog to learn that it's the targeting the other dog that's wrong not being around other dogs. So you see, if you ignore your dog, and then when he attacks another dog, you say, hey, quit it, quit it, quit it, quit it. What happens is your dog thinks, whoa, my owner's kind of, uh, we can't trust her, you know, when other dogs come too close. It's negative classical conditioning. So instead, I want to have a situation where the dog is off leash and is praised most of the time for acting good. There's a good dog. Oh, good dog, that's very good. And sit. There's, and yes, greyhounds can sit too. I know people who say, oh, it's a greyhound, it can't sit. Rubbish. So sit, good dog, good dog, good dog. 
Then if it looks at another dog weirdly, you say, hey, 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 quit that. Don't even think of it. Should it attack another dog, we, we just scream and say, no, 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 no. And then as soon as the dog stops the attack, okay, come here and sit. There's a good boy. Then the dog learns, oh, it's the attacking the other dog they don't like. So I think we definitely need a muzzle here to give the owner confidence. I'm not yet convinced we need a muzzle as a safety factor, but we're so on the edge and and I really need more information. But whenever a dog damages another dog, it's crossed the line. It's moved from acting like a normal dog a dog that has many arguments, many temper tantrums, and many uh, physical confrontations to a dog that now harms other dogs. And, that, and that's different. And we, we, we must, we have to think how we would feel if a dog came up and bit our dog and hurt it. Okay, but this is, I mean, this, I understand your point, but it brings up, I think, another question, which is, okay, so let's say that Mickey, who is large, is not sending other dogs to the hospital, it's still unacceptable and frightening behavior. I, mean, I don't want people to go away thinking that, well, they sure my dog attacks at dogs every time it goes to the park, but, oh, nothing ever comes of it. Doesn't Nobody goes to the hospital and think that that's... No, absolutely. And the same answer as I gave for Loki. It, it's unacceptable. And so better off-leash control and give your dog a running commentary. See, what is really missing with off-leash dogs whether in parks or, 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 you know, confined by fences or not, are two things. Off-leash control. If the owner says sit, will the dog sit? And, and this is the minimum that I like to give to people in, in puppy classes. If your dog has a, an emergency sit, his quality of life takes a quantum leap. Because he can be off-leash now. Whenever you think you're getting in trouble, here comes someone on horseback. Here's a gaggle of school children running by. Here's some elderly people, you know, walking by. Rover, sit. End of problem. So that's the first thing that's missing. The second thing, which is woefully missing, is the owners don't pay attention to the dog or engage him when he's off-leash and playing. So two things happen. Number one, the play becomes a distraction to training. The dog says, I love the dog park because I can act like an idiot, do what I want. And I do that for 45 minutes before they catch me again and take me home. So you're, you're, you're producing a social loon. But the other thing is the dog learns nothing and he doesn't learn what's appropriate and what's not. And, and the owners need to give virtually a running commentary. Good dog, good dog. And most of the times the dogs are good, but they have to tell the dog. This is where people who say, oh, I'm a totally positive trainer. It doesn't work. You've got to tell the dog. That's downright inappropriate. You ran after that dog and your body slammed him. And now he's, he's squeaking on the ground. It's inappropriate. And the way I would communicate that is I, I would say, Mickey, no, no. Hey, there's a good dog. Thank you. Good dog. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Ross, there. Sound engineer is just clasping his head and banging it on the, on the keyboard. Um, but we have to. We, we have to be fair to the dog and tell him what's right, which is 90% of the time. But we, then we have to isolate and pinpoint the incidents when he's wrong or doing stuff that's inappropriate, like a lightning strike. It can be done with voice only. And then the dog gets the idea. Oh, So playing with other dogs is cool, but hurting them is not.
Okay, so, let, so let's say we've got a new owner who would like to go to the dog park. It's, it's an overwhelming environment. I don't know. I mean, you're telling people that they're, you know, great, we've got some rules, so they should teach their dogs some basic rules. But that doesn't mean everybody at the dog park is going to have taught the same rules. So I think we should give people some guidelines on what, what to look for in a dog park. I mean, here in, in the Bay Area, we're lucky. We have many to choose from. We can select from a small fenced area to an open space. Um, pros and cons of both of those. What to look for, what to avoid. And the most important thing is uh, don't just go straight in. Uh, the best thing you do with a dog park is hang around outside for as long as possible, um, especially if you have a young puppy. Give him time to hide and peek and look at the big dogs playing. And you're going to have lots of um, between-the-fence interactions that dogs will come up to your little puppy and it's nose-to-nose through the chain-link fence. And you can give your puppy appropriate feedback. Um, when you go in with your little puppy, I probably wouldn't let him off leash right away. I'd keep him on leash so he's right there. But running commentary, um, tell him when he's good, uh, give him feedback when he's acting confident, build up his confidence. Um, but you are there in, in case something does go wrong. Um, and, and we're talking about, I mean, a couple of hours investment, I would say an hour, um, hour and 15 minutes outside of the dog park, training your dog, checking your in control with other dogs, you know, doing all sorts of stuff, just the other side of the fence. Through the fence interactions, lots of classical conditioning, lots of feedback. And then 45 minutes in the dog park. Obviously go at times when it's quiet. You know, go middle morning, go middle afternoon. Don't go after work when or the Saturday dog park morning. is full up. Or Saturday morning. It does yeah. seem like certain parks have their own culture, you know, their own um, community culture. So mm -hmm. I think you should check out and see what's going on. Are there rules? Are, are people adhering to the rules? Um, what about a small fenced dog park versus an open space? It's whenever you have a fenced space, you're going to, going to increase interaction. And it's for the, the better or the worse. If they're all friendly dogs, it's going to be a friendly dog fest. But if not, then it's going to accentuate sort of agonistic encounters. Um, but most dog parks are fenced. I mean, we have an unfenced one in Berkeley, but that's actually quite rare I mean, we get them on beaches and stuff like that. It's easier on the dogs. Another huge tip going to a dog park is um, go with a couple of friends. I mean, your dog. So it, like, have the dogs dog go friends. in a group of three. Yeah, doggy friends. And so he's, you, you've had like play dates at home. You've invited a couple of dogs home to play in your yard. Then you played in another dog's yard and another dog's yard. So they've got used to playing in other areas. Then all three of the dogs and their three owners go to the dog park. And this is much easier on the dogs because they've got a playmate. They've got a bodyguard, if you like. Um, but also it's easier on the owners that the owners have. Um, it's a group of three now. So you're not going to be bullied by, you know, idiot people that are there. But by and large, I mean, we, we're being very defensive here talking about this. I mean, most dog parks are pretty cool. Well, I think there's another side of the coin, though, which is whether the dog park is wonderful or not, maybe, maybe not every dog needs to go to the dog park. I don't know that every single dog enjoys that kind of environment, or some dogs maybe just aren't suitable. No, and... Um, I mean, ask your dog. A lot of owners aren't suitable either. Um, I, I think what's important is if you take your dog to the dog park, you should um, every two, three or four minutes call your dog to you, have him chill out, settle down, and you're reading him. 
Is he really enjoying this? But above all, you should check that you're in control and you could calm him down. And that your dog is safe or on yeah. muzzle. But to me, no, there's no exercise like the dog walk. Nothing beats it. That in a dog walk, you walk through many different environments. So if you sit your dog every 25 yards, every sit is a separate training session. And your dog learns, oh, you have to sit next to a school, next to a basketball pickup game, next to a busy street, quiet street, next to squirrels and deer and, and what have you. And on the dog walk, you're more likely to meet unfamiliar people and dogs. And, and that's what's really important for socialization. It's not going to the same country club and meeting the same old fogies over and over, or going to the same dog park and meeting the same dogs and acting like out-of-control social loons. It's meeting unfamiliar dogs and learning how to greet them with socially acceptable, social savvy, hello, pleased to meet you, sniff for your ends, yes, let's walk on. And new we, environments, we, yeah, too. And we, and we, and we practice it. Each one, each one is in a different in, environment, and that's where the dogs learn... Um, to really, you know, be in control. I mean, to be controlled, rather. That training doesn't happen in a single place. It has to happen everywhere and anywhere for the owner to have control over the dog. So a dog park is a beneficial place, but, you know, but, but you think a dog walk is equally important, if not more so. Yeah, and I think it's... I mean, should um, people be upset if their dogs don't like to go no, to a dog park? No, it, it's like saying... Do we have to go to a party every day? No, we may have done that when we were at college, but we don't do it now. We may get one party at Christmas and one here and there. However, what is meaningful is the socialization we do in the course of the day. We talk to the bank teller. We, we talk to, you know, the person at the sound studio here. And, and that, I think, is much more meaningful socialization. And I think we should really um, stress the importance of one-on-one -on -one exercise and playtime with your own dog. So rather than standing in one place and letting them run amok with other dogs, you can be playing fetch or chase. Or oh, dog. absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, think, I think dog parks are wonderful, but I think they are so wasted. So many people go there, they let the dog off leash, he does his thing for 45 minutes, learning to be totally out of control and an over-the-top social loon, and all they do is talk to other people. And, focus, and the dogs are only focusing on other dogs, yeah. rather than the human interaction, and the, purpose the fun of, the, of human interaction. Yeah, the purpose of a dog park, to me, is to have a safe, contained space for dogs to play with each other, but for owners to train their dogs, that in this amazingly distracting setting, you're still under control if I say sit so that now the owner can take the dog anywhere for walks in the hills, to walk to the beach, to visit granny. They can go to a coffee place and have the dog sit outside. And they're not going in society with this out-of-control social loon. So I, I look on dog parks as a safe area for intense socialization, but a safe area for intense dog training practice so your dog can then enjoy the whole world at large. Very good perspective, and I think we're going to have to end on that note. So, Already. We always end too yep. soon. Already over. That clock just keeps going. That's all for this episode of iWoofs. Thank you for listening.